0: All right, welcome back to the Sports Med Analytics Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Deepak Chona. Thank you very much for joining. Now, we are nine days away from the season. We have 10 big injury questions today, so let's not waste time and we will dive right in. Starting with my dynasty quarterback, Joe Burrow. Now, we've heard a ton about Joe Burrow, but really the most objective indicators here are actually relatively favorable. It took Burrow less than one week after straining his calf to ditch the walking boot. And that pretty strongly suggests to us that this is a low grade or a grade one injury. Now when players rush back, which they can do in certain situations as if this were the Super Bowl or the playoffs, they do so with a higher re-injury risk. And these re-injuries are almost always more severe than the original. So that's why it's really not surprising to see the Bengals take this very slowly. All signs point to a smooth recovery so far, and we therefore expect Burrow to play week one without major impact. The re-injury risk for a quarterback given this much time to rest is relatively low, so we haven't really dropped Burrow in any rankings so far. And then we move on to Cooper Cup. Now similar to Joe Burrow, we strongly expected Cooper Cup to progress slowly because hamstring strains carry a similar profile of high re-injury risk when rushed back. But Cup's timeline also essentially confirms a low grade injury and is therefore not likely to hinder him by week one. Expect 100% of the producer we're used to seeing. These do carry with them about a 15% recurrence rate over the course of the season for wide receivers with Cup's athletic profile, but that risk does decrease as the season goes on. And then we have scary Terry McLaurin. Now, video of that injury suggested a, sur- a turf toe. All the reports out of Washington indicated no significant damage on the mri and overall that bodes really well for mclaurin's chances for week one and we'd lean towards him playing now our algorithm does project about a 10 percent explosiveness dip for weeks one and two but by week three to four he's very likely full strength here then we have a really interesting case jackson smith and jigba now pete carroll is notoriously optimistic for his return projections. He called this a potentially three to four week injury. That's pretty aggressive. Most fractures do take about six weeks to heal. Data does tell us that some of these upper extremity fractures and wrist fractures can be pushed up for return timeline up to about four to five weeks. That would push JSN at about week three for his return. And while it is possible to accelerate that even further, wrist, wrist surgery for a wide receiver is a big deal and it does affect grip strength in the early phase in most cases so if he's out there before week three we would anticipate a performance hit and then we have kyler murray now the return timeline on this one is quite tricky murray's elite athletic metrics help to predict a faster post acl return but young players with large guaranteed contracts do tend to return more slowly as do players returning to bad teams and Murray fits both of those criteria. As a result, our algorithm produces a wide range of outcomes here, with, but predicts week 8 for his most likely return date. For those who are interested, within one standard deviation is the week 6 to week 12 range, so that's quite a large range considering that we're usually able to narrow these down to about 2 to 3 weeks. Most quarterbacks don't see a hit to their passing ability when they do return, but they do see a significant drop in their rushing attempts, and their production. Expect the full strength player by 2024 start. And then we have Traylon Burks. Now, his movement quality for Monday's practice looks right on track for a player who should play week one. And that's really right in line with the average timelines for this type of issue, which is about four weeks. Wide receiver data does predict a mild, approximately 10% production dip for his first two games but we should be looking at a nearly full-strength player for week three onwards. And then we have Jerry Judy. Now, this is a little less optimistic. Wide receiver data predicts return between week two and week four, with week three being most likely. Wide receivers with Judy's athletic profile do see a 15% performance hit for the first two weeks of their return. Additionally, he will carry about a 20% elevated re-injury risk for the first half of this season. But as long as he stays healthy through that first half of the season, he is a very solid candidate for a strong second half of the year. Next up, we have Brees Hall. Now, the Dalvin Cook signing on this one does not tell us that Brees Hall is behind schedule. Machine Learning still rates his chances of playing week one at about two-thirds, 65%, But the data also does warn us to temper our early expectations here. Young running backs coming off of knee surgery do tend to average three to four games to ramp up their touches. And the Cook signing only makes this more likely. As for efficiency, factoring in Hall's pre-injury athletic metrics is at about 95th percentile there. His age, he was 21 at time of injury. His draft capital, second round, which is pretty high for a running back and his injury timing being relatively early in the year, he projects for 85% by week one, ramping up to about 90% around week six and 95% by the end of the season. Really, 90-plus percent of Brees Hall is probably RB1 level. He's slipping down to the fourth rounds in many drafts at this point, especially after the Dalvin Cook signing. We would say he's a major potential value in round four if he makes it that far. Round three, I think, is a very reasonable Point of discussion: We're probably opting for for a wide receiver in most cases in round three, or perhaps a Travis Etienne who will give us more of a known quantity there. But Brees Hall, round four, I would take that all day. And then we have Javante Williams. Now, this one is really impressive, and I've been rooting for this one secretly all season long, all off season long. Javante has been far ahead of average timelines for this injury. Typical running back return takes 15 months. J.K. Dobbins, who's an excellent 90-plus percentile athlete, did it in 13. And Javante looks to have made it all the way back at only 10. Now, as with Brees Hall, young running backs do see that 3-4 to four game ramp up in touches. But Williams has had heavy preseason usage, and to us, that does suggest his early workloads may be accelerated. Do keep in mind... The first six weeks of his return are associated with an increase in the minor injury rate. And that's some things like hamstring strains, for example. But if Javante is able to avoid that type of setback, he projects to hit 90% of his his pre-injury point around week eight of the season. And for the second half of the year is very likely RB1 or very close to it. And then we have Jalen Waddell. Pure optimism here, guys. Despite missing the majority of the preseason, we should expect Waddle to be pretty unrestricted for week one. A lot of positive comments coming out of Miami on him earlier this week. Most core injuries don't cause any noticeable production dip, and they carry relatively low re-injury risks as well. So that's all we have for today. Hit us up as always on Twitter or X at SportMDAnalysis and keep winning those leagues.